Welcome to the FF Faceoff, where fantasy football is debated. Here are your hosts from the East Coast who've never heard a bet they didn't like, Michael Hoff and Anthony Servino. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back, folks, to the FF Faceoff. It's a podcast proudly brought to you by Fantasy Football King. Behold the king. The king Where we are me. ready to talk some AFC Wild Wild West. Ladies and gentlemen, the best in the world. Thanks for tuning in, guys and gals. My name is Michael Hoff. You can follow me on Twitter at the FF Realist. My partner in crime is Anthony Servino. He can be followed the real NFL guru. Anthony, how's by you on this uh, Monday headed towards the evening? Mike, I'm doing awesome this Monday. Uh, how are you? Mm. You know me. Busy, busy, busy. Just enough time to sit down and record. Thank God. Nowhere else I'd rather be. Got a whiskey in hand. Got a beer to the side. Ready to talk now, some ASC. How brutal is, is this weather? Yeah, the weather doesn't help matters. You know, it, it, it is crazy person. It, it, humid hot sticky yeah. it's terrible it, yeah. it, and i don't normally do well in a heat and this summer i've been okay so far this weekend absolutely drained me we went to uh the ocean city boardwalk over the weekend on saturday i i, I feel like yesterday i could have vegetated all day just to recover from the heat it was terrible yeah yep and that was uh me yesterday into today so there you go so i feel the same so uh, just to remind you guys, if you guys do want to call in today on our AFC West Fantasy Football Preview Show, we will answer all questions, even if they don't have to do with the with with the AFC West, to be quite honest. So uh, the phone line is 417-275-2946, which if you're following along at home, that's 417X to win. So feel free to call into the show. We had a... Uh, Fairly successful week last week, Anthony, as we opened up the phone lines and uh, looking forward to uh, week two, right? Yeah, I absolutely love the phone lines. I think it adds a great wrinkle to the show and a way for everybody listening to not only engage with the show, but if they have a, a burning take or any fantasy football question at all, you can get it answered right away in live. You don't have to wait in line. Just give us a call. Now, now, real quick, one other thing I want to just put out there before we get into the news and then we get into the AFC West. I'm curious to see, because if folks watch our show on a routine basis, then we thank you and uh, welcome aboard. You know, the guy who always calls in first is always ATL. ATL Mikey, of course. You know, the groupie of the FF face-off. So, uh, we'd like somebody else to beat him and call in first. So, that's the challenge I'm issuing to folks. Somebody beat him in Quan The Ask to Win Challenge. Mm. There you go. And in return for your victory, you get to talk to us. I mean, that's what he's at. That's so, pretty awesome. I mean, I like it. I mean, my wife's kind of over it, but I like it. But whatever. Um, so, Anthony, let's get into this. Um, a couple of news, uh, you know, a couple of bit of things with the news here before we get into the AFC West. Um, there was four Vikings players put on the COVID reserve list today. 
one of which which has a, everybody in an uproar here on social media, um, is first-round pick out of LSU, Justin Jefferson, who I'm a big fan of. But, you know, in, important to note here, listen, we've got two offensive linemen. We've got a safety. We've got Justin Jefferson. It's important to note here that this doesn't necessarily mean that these players have it, have COVID. It means that they were exposed to it in some form or fashion. So um, they've got to sit out for a period of time. We don't know that period of time yet. And then they had to be cleared by medical in order to return to the football team. So um, I understand that this two things, and I just put out a tweet, and then we'll get your thoughts, Anthony. Um, one is just that, uh, you know, this is going to be one of the most fascinating years for fantasy football that I could remember. Obviously, I understand there's bigger things going on. There's actual players, like families and their lives, you know. Um, but it's going to be a fascinating year. And good on the NFL for at least being proactive here and getting on top of things right away. So it's good, good to see that at least. Yeah, it's going to be a fascinating year for fantasy football. But the NFL landscape as a whole, the sports landscape as a whole, we saw what happened in baseball overnight. Half of what the Miami Marlins um, have yeah. tested positive for COVID. And we see a little bit of, of response on Twitter. There's not going to be a season. The NFL, you know, uh, let, let's put it. You ever hear the Patriots bounce where like the ball always bounced in the Patriots direction? It, yeah, it almost seems like that with the NFL and these other sports because right. the NFL, they get to see how hockey, basketball, and baseball, they get to see it happen to them, and then the NFL gets to react and put a, a plan into place. For me, if I'm the league, you think about it, you have AFL or whatever the hell that failed league was from a couple of years ago, and mm -hmm. you have XFL personnel. Yeah. Allow these 32 NFL teams to, you know, divvy up these players who obviously want to play professional football and you keep <clears throat> them at an offsite from your regular yeah. roster and your practice squad guys. So if half your team comes down with it, you can just throw these guys in. It's going to be a watered down product, but the NFL would not skip a beat in terms of TV money. And, and let's face it, that's what it's all about for the league. Yeah. And actually, Anthony, within the last uh, within the last three minutes, um, Roto World also reported that uh, Keyshawn Vaughn has been placed on the reserve COVID list. Wow, from the Tampa so the, Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, so there's also that. Again, it doesn't give any kind of clarification. I mean, again, this is three minutes ago, so this is a uh, pretty darn fresh. That's coming from Aaron Wilson on Twitter. Is the source there? So if you want to take a look at that, but um. Yeah, I mean, listen, this is going to be, listen, instead of complaining about it up and down, just understand this is the way of the NFL world in 2020. This is how it is, and we're all in this together. So, And those guys' lives are being affected probably more so than ours. It's just our fantasy lineups and our projections and our thoughts. It's these guys' lives. So Now, what um, happens? So, so we don't know if they have it. No, we don't know. But, I mean, maybe they confirm it at some point. But, but how do we react to this from a fantasy football landscape? 
Like, are we going and do we punt these players? Are we aggressively going Ronald Jones, Dare Ogunawale? Are they going to bring in Devonta Freeman or Lamar Miller? There's so many different angles to take here, especially with the Keyshawn Vaughn and especially with Justin Jefferson, because both of these rookies are in line for big time roles uh, early in their professional career. That's the main thing to keep in mind, I think, in assessing these particular situations is, is that, again, is that they are rookies. Um, if this is a, let's just say, it, it, it's a Tom Brady. Let's say he's exposed to it in some fashion. When Tom Brady comes back after three weeks, also because he cheats the system as much as he can to, to learn the offense and to practice with his players, he, a guy like that wouldn't really skip a beat. So I wouldn't really worry too much about that. But yeah, a, a Keyshawn Vaughn, a Justin Jefferson, somebody coming into the league, um, it's going to be a little bit harder for rookies. I mean, again, that's been a growing theme on Twitter. I'm glad that's getting established more and more. Um, guys like uh, Heath Cummings of CBS has mentioned it quite a bit. So um, it's definitely something to keep in mind when assessing these rookies. I think you need to look long and hard at rookies depending on where you're drafting in your drafts. Um, maybe it's best to wait because I think that this this might only back up Keyshawn Vaughn's rise in this offense. So, yeah, I think that's how you have to assess it. And I think you also need to look at it at the maybe if you weren't always a handcuff kind of guy, maybe you ought to become one. And I, and I said so. this on one of our last episodes. I think we have to do a whole COVID fantasy football contingency episode. What yeah. players are we handcuffing? It's not just running backs this year. And if you're somebody who's running a league, by the way, there like there I'm running go. a league. There you go. I was gonna, just going to go here. Go ahead. Go for it. Yeah. I've already let my guys know. Now, you need to find out also if, God forbid, let's say they don't play a full season. When does your season end? That's one thing you need to figure out. But the other thing is I've already told my guys I'm adding more IR spots this year. I'm adding a ton of IR spots. And if you get a guy who winds up on a COVID list or winds up with COVID or this or that, you can put them on your IR. I mean, however you choose to do it, whether you like that rule or not, you need to go ahead. You need to, you know, adapt to the times, adapt or die, or, you know, your league will suffer for it. So keep that in mind, guys. Get the contingency plans, of course, because you're dealing with money, of course, as well um, from your league mates. You could have used the adapt or perish line in honor of Triple H's birthday. Adapt yeah. or perish, that is evolution, Mike. Fascinating how that skipped my mind, Anthony. Um, all right. So never there you seems go. to skip mine. Yeah, no shit. All right. So with that in mind, <laughs> before we get to the AFC West, let's go to the NFC West for a second. Um, Raheem Mostert is a happy man for now. He had a uh, his contract has been uh restructured. So He's going to get the deal is here. He's going to get plenty of incentives um, and the bonuses are going to allow him to earn over five million in 2020, which really what you heard when this was request when the trade request came down. If you looked into this story far enough, all Moster was looking for was he was looking to get around Tevin Coleman money, which is four point five million. He wasn't looking to become the highest paid back. He wasn't looking for what have you. He just wanted to get paid in some form or fashion. So the Niners, which, you know, I don't think I don't think too many people thought that Mostert wouldn't be a 49er headed, headed into this year, mainly because he didn't have a ton of leverage. But 
he called somebody in the top brass with the Niners, talked to them, said, you know, it wasn't so much that he wants to leave. He just wants he wants to get paid. He wants a raise. So 49ers did right by him. And, uh, you know, he's still going to be locked up for about two years here. So he'll, he'll be around by the bay. Anthony, all's good. Uh, so anything to assess here with most of it from a fantasy perspective? I mean, it seems pretty cut and dry. I mean, the man's going to make more money. Good for him. Fantasy football-wise, we had seen right when those initial reports came out, because remember, all offseason, people were aggressive with Raheem Mostert, the I want to get out, the trade rumors, and we saw the ADP drop. I don't know why this guy had zero leverage and people were afraid and allowed people like me and you to get Raheem Mostert at a value. His ADP is going to go right back where it was. Probably where it belongs, if not higher, now that this is behind us. So that yeah. buying window, uh, to, to if you were ever buying Raheem Mostert at, at a value, that has passed. That has passed, but if you did get him at that value, kudos to you. He's on my SFB roster, but I mean, I think that news came out after I drafted him. But that, yeah, that, I just that got news him came in out. like the, the eighth round, seventh or eighth round of a SFBX-style dynasty league where the mm. scoring will change with SFB from a year-to-year basis. That's great. The old SFB rub. I'm telling you. Love it. All right. So there you go. So all's well that ends well in Santa Clara. And uh, hopefully the 49ers will stay healthy. And they were reporting today. So I uh, got that little video on Twitter. They're all showing up. Jimmy G, even wearing a mask, Anthony, he's still, he's, he's still a handsome guy. So, you know, it still works out well. Who's so, better looking, me or Jimmy? Uh, Jimmy. Come on. By a country mile. But I mean, you're no, you know, yeah, you know, you're okay. Yeah. Thank you. I guess. Yeah. 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 This is an awkward combo. It's a good thing I have whiskey for this. Um, all right. So, with that being said, Anthony, I'm gonna update this player. I'm gonna update the player page just to make sure nobody else landed on the COVID list in the last uh, five minutes, and then we can get on with the show. All right. No one else is there. So, Anthony, let's and get if into. You were, yeah, but if you're listening right now, remember the phone yeah. lines are open four one seven two seven five two nine four six four one seven. Ask to win. Call right now. We are taking the words right out of each other's mouths today because that's what I was about to say. So there you go. But that's good podcasting. So we both know what we're doing. There you go. Um, also, again, shout out again to uh, Dude Wipes. Help me out. Listen, with the bathroom, with being clean, little shower wipes, all that fun stuff. They even got some clothes. Head to dudeproducts.com today. And you could also get Dude Wipes at any Target or what have you. So there you go. Just shout out to those guys again. But. Anthony, let's get into our AFC West fantasy football preview here. Um, you always like to kick it off with the my bookie numbers on the division odds, and I saw that you put that into the show notes, to which I thank you. So Kansas City Chiefs, of course, your defending Super Bowl champions are minus 400. Denver Broncos plus 800. The Los Angeles Chargers in their beautiful new stadium that they won't have to worry about filling because nobody will be able to show up. They are at plus 900. And then the Las Vegas Raiders, another beautiful building with no one will no one will be there, but they'd probably be able to fill it. Plus 950. Anthony, I mean, this seems... Well, we, we, we do have a caller, and we might know who it is. So before oh, we God. get into the odds, let's take the call. Here we go. You are live on the FF Faceoff. What's going on? Your best friend, ETL. You know, I put it. the challenge. 
Yeah, I, I, I put the challenge out there. I wanted somebody to beat ATL to the phone, and uh, it did not happen. So, guys, a new goal for a new show for a new day. Somebody beat ATL to the first call on our show, but welcome, ATL. Thank you for having me on. Um, so my question is, how many guys are talking? <laughs> we don't have a we don't have a choice. We have to answer the call. <laughs> we don't have a choice. <laughs> anyway, so my question is, um, um, can you guys rank the AFC um, West quarterbacks for fantasy and real life purposes? For fantasy and for real life. Well, Anthony, let's do real life now because I think we'll get into the fantasy aspect as we scroll sure. through these teams, but. Real life, which, again, is different from fantasy. So, Anthony, how would you rank these quarterbacks? Um, obviously, it's Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Number two, I would put... Jeez. <laughs> Probably, <laughs> I mean, good. number two... Derek Carr. Number two, I would... Derek Carr. Number three... Tyrod Taylor, and until further notice, until I see more than one good game against a decrepit Houston Texans secondary, we're going to put Drew Locke last. You put Drew Locke last? Yeah. Well, Why not? I guess you're right. We're talking real life? Even fantasy. Yeah, even uh, fantasy. Right. Tyrod was a top six quarterback at one time. Oh, 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 Tyrod Taylor. Oh. All right. Fine, 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 fine. There you go, so Tyrod. I just, whatever. Tyrod is Tyrod. Uh, yeah, uh, but uh, Anthony, I actually agree with your list, even though I just, you know, always love to rag on Tyrod a little bit. But I think you had, I think you do have to put Derek Carr there. And I think Derek Carr is kind of there by, by default at number two um, because of what you mentioned, Anthony. You know, we, we got to see more than one good game from Drew Locke. And, uh, you know, really also we got to see that quarterback situation materialize there in Los Angeles, which we'll discuss shortly. So, um, but yeah, ATL, that's it. ATL. Are you satisfied with that answer? Yeah. Or do you have a different list? Um, no, I kind of like that list. It's just tough to do after number one because uh, kind of all even, but I like Devin Carr. He's got the most experience out of the other three. I'm just happy to put Justin Herbert on the list. So there we satisfied go. my question. All right, that's great. Okay, we we could let him. He always knows how to wear out a welcome. So, all right, ETL. All right, thanks for calling in again, man. Thanks, Ben. All right, so there you go, Anthony. So, um, that's that's our traditional ATL phone call. Now we can get on with the rest of the show. Again, uh, just to update everybody on the odds again, in case you missed it. Kansas City Chiefs at minus four hundred. Denver Broncos at plus eight hundred. The Chargers at plus 900, and the Las Vegas Raiders at plus 950. Anthony, um, is there any, I should praise it to you this way, is there any reason to bet anybody else besides the Chiefs? Absolutely not. Yeah. And, you know, you can go through these other divisions and try to make a case, you know, maybe if I throw 100 on this last place team, because there's always one that seems to go from worst to first. It's not coming out of the AFC West. Not with the the Kansas City Chiefs. Not with the Kansas City Chiefs. Not with the best quarterback in the NFL. Not with, and you know, I hate to throw the word dynasty around, but if there's any team set up to be another dynasty, it's probably Kansas City right now. Yeah, sure. I I, I just throw my eyes because I hate that talk too. Like, like, oh, I mean, like, you know, they won one Super Bowl. They got the makings of a they, dynasty. They, like, I mean, they have their quarterback under contract 
big contract, Forever. but it's a team-friendly deal. I'm yeah. I'm sure if you break it down, it's probably extremely team-friendly, and, and Patrick Mahomes know, knows what he's doing. And I'm sure that Mahomes will be willing to re- – I just – I mean, I could be wrong, but I have a feeling that if they do need to restructure, I feel like Mahomes would be the kind of guy that would – um, that would have that presence of mind to do it, not be like a Dak Prescott. To, I was uh, just going to say that. Hold up the team, you know. Listen, so, I can't right. wait till we get into that. You know, until we can have some more Dak talk. But I, I don't see Dak in Dallas past uh, moving forward. To be honest with you, well, I don't think right. Dak well, wants to be in Dallas. Well, listen, that's a discussion for another show. I'm not going to let you run too long with your Dallas Cowboy talk. So there you go. How's that sound? That's fair. Let's let's get on to this. It's Kansas City and it's everybody else. Just like it's Patrick Mahomes and it's everybody else. Right. But all right, but and that's and that's true. And but for fantasy football purposes, some of these teams do hold value for fantasy. So we're gonna get into that right now. Again, just an update though, the uh the Chiefs last year, twelve and four, Super Bowl champions, Denver Broncos seven and nine, Las Vegas Raiders seven and nine, and then the Chargers at five and eleven. Now, Anthony, we're going to kick it off with the Chargers. So I kind of also want to ask you from an NFL perspective. Again, we're of the mindset here that no one's topping the Chiefs as far as a division winner. But you mentioned that there's always a last place team that could come out of nowhere. Do we think the Chargers could really apply any heat here in this AFC West? Or do you think it's really no? <laughs> you know? In a perfect storm... You know I, how I feel about the roster, top three to five roster in the league, one healthy. The they need gorgeous. to stay healthy. They need to stay healthy, and Tyrod just can't make mistakes. And that's the one thing Tyrod has on his side. He doesn't really turn the ball over. But when you're that type of quarterback, he might not go out and win you games. He's not going to lose you. He's like that game manager who can make a play in his legs a little bit. But you need the supporting cast. All three phases, offense, defense, special teams, healthy and making plays. So right. it's really on the health of one of the more injury-stricken teams in the past decade. That's a true story right there. Don't forget, guys, 417-275-2946 if you choose to call in. You can talk to us right away. You can ask a question about the Chargers, anybody else in the AFC West, or really anybody else. If, if there's anything COVID-related you want to talk about. We're here. We're listening. Even life advice will do our best. Um, Anthony, all right, so the L.A. Chargers, listen, it's really, it's, I, we we talked about the quarterback, Tyrod Taylor, Justin Herbert. We'll, we'll get into that in a moment. But the other big headline here for the Chargers on top of their new big, beautiful building that they are entering this year, it's life after Melvin Gordon. So I think the main question here folks need answered is, in your opinion, Anthony, and I'll give you, I'll give folks a little bit of uh, knowledge here, I guess, so, so to speak, some numbers. Can Austin Eckler handle the workload? Um, fourth best running back in PPR formats last season, but 132 carries, which was good for 34th in the NFL, even behind guys like Tevin Coleman and I think just in front of Gus Edwards. Um, so, Anthony, right now, Austin Eckler. He's currently slated for the fourth pick of the second round. That is good for the twelfth running back off the board in PPR formats. Talk to, and we're going to talk about the backup running backs in just a second. But Austin Eckler, your thoughts when you're drafting? Any concerns here? 
Well, you knew how, or you know how I felt about Austin Eckler earlier in the offseason. I had him ranked outside of my top 12. He might still be ranked maybe a spot outside, but he's a player that I'm kind of getting on board with a little bit more. The lack of carries, the lack of history carrying the football does concern me. The target regression, because it's mm-hmm. going to happen most likely, does concern me. Tyrod Taylor does concern me because Eston Eckler, I put this tweet out, he lined up in the slot and out wide about 25% of the time uh, he was on the field for an offensive snap. He was one of the more productive slot running backs, and he was also yep. the second most productive running backs in terms of catching the ball deep. Number one, Miles Sanders. Where's Josh Jacobs on that list? He wasn't there. Um, oh, la di da. But, you know, this is a different situation. Not mm-hmm. having a guy like Phil Rivers there is going to hurt Austin Eckler. So really what it comes down to, where is he going to make up this production that is most likely going to be lost as a receiver? Is he going to get those short yardage carries? Is he going to get 200 carries? Um, mm mm-hmm. All that being said, I think I'm still going to draft Austin Eckler because uh, he was, what, a top five PPR back last year. And he is going to be the guy with the Chargers, a team that's probably going to run more than they have in the past with Phillip Rivers there. Uh, so I'm going to take my shots with Austin Eckler and hope some of those short yardage touchdowns go in his direction. Yeah, yeah, that would be huge. And I... um. I have some shares of Austin Eckler. I don't remember where, but I've got him in a couple leagues, and I'm I'm not losing a lot of sleep over it. I mean, and listen, for his positioning here on FantasyFootballCalculator.com, um, again, 12th running back off the board, I kind of think he's in an okay spot. I mean, you know, Nick Chubb's in front of him, but again, Nick Chubb is going to get the carries, and, and I feel like it's when you're talking about 132 carries from Austin Eckler, yeah. Seeing if he can get those receptions again. I mean, would you draft? Because here's the thing. I, this is how I want to kind of phrase it to you, man. We got right now tenth running back off the board is Nick Chubb, eleventh running back is Miles Sanders, twelfth is Austin Eckler. Does Nick Chubb not being involved in the passing game because it's PPR suddenly make you? I don't want. I don't want Nick Chubb over Austin Eckler. It's close. Nick Chubb, like I like when I would bring up a Leonard Fournette, Nick Chubb is going to bring a rushing floor. Contrary to Leonard Fournette, exactly. Leonard Fournette was still a little bit involved in the passing game early in his career. Nick Chubb really hasn't been, and now we factor in a full season to Kareem Hunt. Behind Austin Eckler, yeah, they're going to get touches, but there's no Kareem Hunt behind Austin Eckler. It's Joshua, Jack, uh, Joshua Kelly and... and Josh Jackson, Just, I'm mixing Jackson. them up. Justin uh, Jackson, whatever. Josh Rickard, right. yeah. yeah. So I, I think I lean Austin Eckler here. I mean, Austin Eckler was the number one back in yards per touch, number 34 in true yards per carry, which is a little bit concerning, right at four yards a carry, 4.2 yards per carry, uh, actual. Okay, so you're not – I mean, while there are some concerns with the quarterback switch to like the Phillip Rivers to – a Tyrod Taylor or a Justin Herbert, you're not incredibly worried about Austin Eckler, the player itself, and you would be okay about drafting him there yeah, at that and, fourth and, pick and, of the second round? And let's keep in mind, this offensive line is probably going to be a little bit better. Uh, I believe they brought in Balaga on the right side. They brought in well, Trey Turner. 
yeah. from Carolina. So this line should be a little bit improved, which is only going to help Austin Eckler that much more. Good. All right. Yeah, I hear you. And I'm and I'm good with Austin Eckler, too. And you make a great point about the slot, which she actually made that point himself on Instagram with some folks. So, um, yeah, I think it's something to keep in mind. So I'm not terribly worried about Austin Eckler, but the other running backs there behind him, I think that even though we both believe that Austin Eckler will still do well, there is still value in these other two running backs. Anthony, you and I both have gone, gone kind of back and forth on these two. Justin Jackson is currently slated as the eighth pick of the 11th round. That's good for the 53rd running back. And, I mean, last time we really talked about this in depth, man, um, Joshua Kelly wasn't even on FantasyFootballCalculator.com. He is now. He's currently slated as a 63rd running back, which is the fourth pick of the 14th round. So, Anthony... I think we both believe that while we like Eckler, we know that one of these running backs is also going to have some value. I actually just drafted them back-to-back in a best ball draft just because. Why not? It was late in the best ball draft before you tweet me. Uh, but, Anthony, I feel like I'm leaning a little more the way of Joshua Kelly just because we talk about goal line touchdowns. You're hoping that Austin Eckler can steal some of those. And I think that that's prime opportunity for Joshua Kelly to cash in over these other two running backs. Do you have any thoughts there? I'm probably leaning Joshua Kelly because of price. When you have Austin Eckler, we know what he's going to be, or we believe we know what he's going to be. And behind him, you have a timeshare, at least until one of these guys breaks out. If Justin Jackson was it, Why did they go and get a Joshua Kelly if they truly believed in Justin Jackson? Uh, Moreover, that last report that I brought up on this show multiple times is Justin Jackson's going to be on a short leash. So that is pushing me to a 14th round ADP Josh Kelly over an 11th round ADP Justin Jackson. Now, if in the event Austin Eckler goes down, then both of these backs are going to have value, but you can't draft all three. No, 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 no. Okay, fair enough. Um, really quick, the quarterback position, quarterback position. Then we'll get into Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen was making some waves on social media last night. We'll discuss that in just a hot second. But all right, listen. You talked about Tyrod Taylor. You'll probably talk about him some more. But I think we both agree that at some point Justin Herbert is going to be under center here. Um. Maybe with maybe in a COVID world, maybe he can't snatch the quarterback job right there in week one. But Anthony, at some point, even with your Tyrod Taylor love, you have to admit Justin Herbert is going to be in the center at some point. And I want to also let folks know fantasy relevance from from a one quarterback perspective. No, but there are some guys who are listening to this show. The league I run is a two quarterback league. There's going to be situations in which one of these quarterbacks is going to have to be drafted. So, Anthony, while I know one quarterback league, uh, one quarterback leagues are out of the question, unless you want to counter that point. What are your thoughts there in a two quarterback league with these guys? I'm leaning Tyrod Taylor, and mm-hmm. yes, it's because of this off season and just and 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 Herbert, he's not under all that much pressure, maybe like a Joe Burrow where there's nothing else there, or a Tua where you have not only a a, a drastic need 
to find your quarterback, your franchise quarterback, your first franchise quarterback since Dan Marino. Right. But with the Chargers, you're coming off of Phillip Rivers. You have Tyrod Taylor. He knows the system. You don't necessarily have to put Herbert in and possibly ruin that fragile quarterback rookie psyche. If the quarter, if the Chargers are in the playoff hunt, I think Tyrod Taylor could potentially start the whole season. But if the wheels come off, we're going to see Justin Herbert. All right. Now, real quick. And by the way, Justin Herbert did, for what it's worth, he did just sign his rookie deal about two days ago. So, uh, four-year deal, obviously, $26.6 million, So, that's how that goes. Um, the wide receiver position. I want to know with these quarterbacks, because we could talk about these quarterbacks for days, I guess, and that would be nauseating to me. But how does it affect the wide receiver position? And mainly, let's go to Keenan Allen first, because he is the main man there in Los Angeles. Keenan Allen was making some waves on social media last night. Now, there was the um, NFL Top 100, which always seems to get the attention of not just people on Twitter like you and I, but the players. And that's kind of where this stemmed to. Keenan Allen first put out a tweet saying that he was the best wide receiver in the AFC West. Then he went on to say that he was a better wide receiver than Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. To which Mike Evans replied and uh, kind of said, no dice, my man. But um, so, Anthony, listen, clearly, obviously, Keenan's talking from a uh, NFL perspective. He's talking in which the likes of breaking out of routes and so on and so forth. Um, yards of separation, which, you know, some people love in fantasy football. But is Keenan Allen the best in the West? It's really between Keenan Allen and Tyreek Hill, right? Maybe, and we're breaking that down for fantasy, by the way. For fantasy. Mm-hmm. Because mechanically, yes, Keenan Allen is the best receiver in the AFC West, and you can make a case he's one of the best in the NFL because of his route running and the separation and everything you said and everything they said on the top 100. From a fantasy football perspective, and I tweeted this out, I quote tweeted somebody who said, is it Allen or Tyreek? It's Tyreek, and it's Tyreek because he has the quarterback and he has the system on his side. Yeah. Keenan Allen last year, I'm pulling up his uh, finish for fantasy, sixth best wide receiver in PPR formats. Anthony, what kind of hit does that take going from – Again, we're talking about a receiver that, you know, you even said could arguably be one of the best in the NFL. Dealt with a lot of rough injuries early on. You remember that that one year, like week one in Kansas City when he tore his knee again and was out. But right now, six wide receiver. I don't think you or I have him ranked in the top six in our rankings on Fantasy Pros. So where do you put a guy like Keenan Allen, though? Can he finish sixth with the quarterback situation that he's currently in, or is that going to be hurting him? I think it's going to hurt him, and it shows what you, me, and most of the fantasy football landscape, his ADP is in the fifth round. Yep. This is a guy who has been— Pick of the fifth round, yeah. And it's all Phillip Rivers. It's all the loss of Phillip Rivers that has plummeted. He's been healthy. It's not injuries. 
it's that quarterback loss could be so catastrophic that a top six fantasy wide receiver, his ADP drops, what, about three rounds from where it was last year, and that's significant. Not saying that Keenan Allen can't get going, but let, let, let's face the facts. I like Tyrod. Tyrod was a top six fantasy quarterback years ago with less to work with, but he also has a right of about a four to five hundred yard rushing floor. He's going to score a couple of touchdowns to pad that. Moreover, he had Sammy Watkins to throw the deep ball to. Who reminds me of Sammy Watkins on the Chargers? And it's another Clemson wideout, Mike Williams. Yep, clearly. He's that big play deep threat that Tyrod can possibly air it out to. And you have Hunter Henry. And you have Austin Eckler. I don't know if one of these receivers is going to break out or this could be more of a committee approach. And Keenan Allen, to what you were talking about earlier, he was slated with the first pick of the third round last year. So, yeah, he's fallen back two rounds solely based on quarterback. I mean, he again, finished sixth in PPR. So there's no other reason in which why he would fall uh, ADP-wise but the quarterback. Um, you yeah, mentioned he hasn't Mike Williams. missed a game in three years. Yeah, yeah, important to note. I mentioned the injuries, but it's important to note that that is, a, uh, that is in the rear view. Um, listen, Mike Williams has some value. I like him for standard. I like him for best ball. Is there before we move on to tight end quickly? Is there any other wide receiver here that interests you at all? Not, not really, right? With the Chargers, Mike Williams, you yeah. brought up. Yeah, I, I, you know, him. Mike Williams for I mean, for fantasy. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and and yeah, Mike Williams maybe more in best ball. I know he was a thousand yard receiver, but how many opportunities are these guys going to have? Tyrod Taylor, yeah. career high passing. 436 attempts. That's his career high in a season. I, I mean, Phillip Rivers did that in uh, three games. Yeah. All right, let's move it on. Tight ends really quick, and then let's close out the charges because we are, as usual, we're talking a lot. Hunter Henry, currently said with the 11th pick of the eighth round. That is good for the 10th tight end off the board in PPR formats. Anthony, other tight ends going near him. Hayden Hurst, Tyler Higbee. After him, there's Jared Cook. There's Noah Font. The quarterback position worries you for Keenan Allen, but not enough that you necessarily wouldn't draft the guy. But what does it say for a Hunter Henry who has had injury concerns and that's continued to happen? It's not like a Keenan Allen thing where it's been a few years. This is a reoccurring theme. So how are we assessing Hunter Henry? I'm not touching him. And I'm not touching him. It has nothing to do with quarterback. It has nothing to do with injuries. It's... I normally, if I don't get a top-end tight end, a Kelsey or a George Kittle, I'm not drafting a tight end until much, much later. Yes, I will make an exception for a Hunter, uh, a Hayden Hurst. I will make an exception here and there for a Rob Gronkowski on a team that I might owe Tom Brady on. Otherwise, I'm waiting later. You you know when I like to draft my tight ends. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, and I, I would just like to just avoid them again. You know me. If I... Can't trust you to stay healthy. And I, you know, you're injury prone to you're not injured. Well, Keenan Allen proved it to me because Keenan Allen has shown in the last few years he hasn't been hurt. So he's proved it to me. Um, jury's still out on, on, on Hunter Henry. And this quarterback thing does worry me a little bit w- w- with a Hunter Henry. It worries me with all pass, ca- all pass catching options. Just what happens that Austin Eckler is going to get carries too. So that's I mean, why and, I kind of. And it's not just a quarterback thing. 
Phillip Rivers threw the ball seventh most in the league 591 times. I'll go back to it. Tyrod career high 436. There's just not probably not going to be the opportunity. Yeah. All right. So let's go on to the Las Vegas Raiders. Finished seven to nine last season. Um, you know, I, I feel like there's not as much fantasy discussion here as there was just now with the Chargers. With the Chargers, there was a lot to talk about, lots to dissect. Derek Carr, to me, kind of falls into the same situation when we talk about one quarterback leagues. I don't want to own a Derek Carr. Derek Carr is probably going to be a, probably going to be a waiver wire guy. Um, yes, even if you're in a 12 team, he's going to be, you know, he's not a guy I'm pining for. Two quarterback leagues, maybe Derek Carr. Anthony, Marcus Mariota is behind him. And I know uh, you're a little bit of a conspiracy theorist, and this isn't a conspiracy theory, but you also like to think, you're also a deep thinker when it comes to the NFL, when it comes to fantasy. Do you think there's a situation in which Derek Carr does not start the whole season and it's not because of injury? Uh, Or is this Derek Carr's job for the whole year? I think this is Derek Carr's job for the year. And, and, you know, say what you will about the relationship between Derek Carr and John Gruden, but is he really going to pull the plug on Derek Carr for Marcus Mariota? Because we know Marcus Mariota couldn't do it. And why? It's not only because he hasn't done it with the Tennessee Titans, but he lost his job to Ryan Tannehill, who came in and had one of the best runs a quarterback can have in recent memory. With the same personnel, John Gruden would be foolish to turn from Derek Carr to Marcus Mariota. He would be foolish. I don't think you say foolish. Why not? Foolish? And I'm not a big Derek Carr guy, but he's better than Marcus Mariota. Okay. He's one of the more efficient quarterbacks in the league. Give him that. Yeah, he is. I'm just, I'm just saying, I wouldn't, I wouldn't classify it as foolish. I mean... I, I I would rather have Derek Carr as my quarterback, and I think that's why Derek Carr is starting for the Raiders and not Marcus Mariota. I don't think it's foolish, but whatever. That's just me nitpicking at your words, um, which is, I'm sure, I, it's something you're quite foolish. used to. All right. Well, I, whatever. Okay. Let's move on before I say something insulting. Um, <laughs> wide receivers. Listen, we talked about Josh Jacobs so much the last few days. We'll talk about him a little bit more, and hopefully Miles Sanders won't come up, but he will. Um, the wide receivers, though, Anthony, we've had this concern. We talked about at the top of the show, you know, Justin Jefferson being on the COVID list. There's this concern about rookies and getting acclimated to the NFL. Even if Henry Ruggs is not on some sort of COVID list, I mean, him getting acclimated to this offense has to be a bit of a concern for you. But behind him, I mean, you're talking about uh, Tyrell Williams, former Charger, who we just talked about their team. Hunter Renfro, who we both love, but not somebody we're really investing big on in our first few rounds of our draft. Um, is it Henry Ruggs, Hunter Renfro late and kind of bust, or is there anybody else here, a Zay Jones or Brian Edwards? That I didn't me- even know Zay Jones was still playing professional football. Wow. So I'm, that I'm, I'm, well, no, I, I knew it, but I'm just saying, like, he, he, he hmm. is what he is. That swan song ended when when Buffalo shipped him out. Wow. All right. So that's how you feel about that. So are you drafting any wide receivers for the Raiders here? Hunter Henry. And Hunter Hunter Henry, 
Uh, yes, Hunter Renfro in, in, in your traditional leagues, your redraft leagues, especially your PPR leagues. In best ball, in the Scott Fish Bowl, which I have him in, in an FPPC type of tournament, I like Henry Ruggs because when you need to score points to win weeks and to win leagues, you need a player like Henry Ruggs who could give you that. And he has that type of a ceiling. High boom bust variance, and if he hits, he could be like a Ty a Tyreek Hill type of player with that speed. And I know yeah. the rookie offseason comes into play, but it's not like he's running a full route tree. Yeah, and uh, it, he's a, that's he's true. A, you know, he's just going to try to take the top off of a defense and 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 take one home. Currently, sixth pick of the tenth round, so it's not a crazy yeah. wild investment either. I mean. I know he's kind of sandwiched between a lot of the rookies there, C.D. Lamb, Jerry Judy, then there's Ruggs, Justin Jefferson, Jalen Rieger. So he's kind of sandwiched in between those folks. But I don't think that's a high investment for a guy that could very well, by default, be the number one receiver there for fantasy with the Raiders. So, yeah, I, I don't mind making that investment on Ruggs. Renfro I like. I like Renfro in deeper leagues, though, PPR leagues. Um but you know, I you know, standard and stuff. I mean, Renfro's not gonna be a guy that you want to own, in my opinion. Um, not 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 in that format. I, I I need some more value on the receptions there. Um, Anthony Darren Waller is an interesting name. I think worth talking about. You know, last year he finished. Where was he last year in PPR formats? He was he was the third best tight end. But he's not ranked in top three. Tell me why. A lot of people don't have him ranked as their third best tight end, is what I'm saying. So, is that targets going to go down? Is that lack of touchdowns from last year? Well, Darren Waller was, and he might still be, the wide receiver one in this offense. But yeah. they did spend draft capital on wide receivers. The aforementioned Ruggs, Brian Edwards. Um, you still have Tyrell there, who nobody seems to care about, which is fine. Uh, Hunter Renfro, we expect a bigger year from. They bring in Jason Witten. I don't know why, but if you bring in a Jason Witten, does that mean he's not going to have a few opportunities to be a chain mover a little bit? Foster Moreau, who some seem to like, uh, you know, he's coming into his second year. There's a lot of mouths to feed um, until one breaks out, I guess. But we already know Darren Waller can do it. There's also a lot of competition at the top of this tight end position with tenured players. Travis Kelsey, we know he can do it year in, year out. George Kittle, we know he can do it year in, year out. Mark Andrews, we've only seen one year from him, but there's nobody else in Baltimore outside of Hollywood Brown who I, who I or anybody else might trust to catch the football. And then you have Zach Ertz. I cannot put... Darren Waller ahead of any of those guys. Yeah, it, it, to me, it's 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 the touchdown. While I still think the targets are going to be there, I the touchdowns is a concern for me. Um, I, I so feel like I'm, Darren Waller is what people want Evan Ingram to be. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I probably, but I'd expect more. Yeah, okay, except for the touchdowns. You know, athletic think, can really take over a game, and yeah. if, if you put all that together, I just think that if a, that if Evan Ingram plays sixteen games, he's crushing three touchdowns. That's oh, that's yeah. that's the only 
That's that's the only way I disagree with that point. But I hear what you're saying. I know what you mean. I, I, I do know what you mean. Um, yeah, I, I, and it kind of goes back, Anthony, to what you said, talking about if if you're not getting one of those top tier tight ends, but to me it's it's Kelsey and Kittle. That's it. And we'll talk about Kelsey. It's going to be a really quick conversation. But um, if I don't get one of those two tight ends, I'd I would rather wait because you're talking about formulating your roster. So mm-hmm. it's not so much to say that we don't like Waller. It's just our drafting philosophy. I, I got to um, show you my roster in this SFB dynasty team. Apparently you do. So you can go ahead and do that. Anthony, anything I, I got, else? How about Michael Thomas and, uh, and and Kelsey in the fourth? Michael Thomas uh, at the turn. First, you know, at the yeah. one-two turn, Kelsey was there in the fourth. Okay. I was going to. Uh, uh, come on. Or just start. Um, all right. Um, listen, Josh Jacobs, we've talked about him so much on this show the last few days. Um and Anthony, we're already at 48 minutes and we got two more teams to discuss. So I don't want to go too long here on Josh Jacobs, but any other points here on Josh Jacobs that you want to bring up? Uh, you know, I, I, again, I feel like, I feel like there's of two mindsets here. You're either of the mindset in which you feel like there will be more passing production mm-hmm. based on what he had 27 targets last year. Some folks like me want to add 25 more targets to that. They think mm-hmm. it's a realistic thing. I really feel that way. Um, but other folks feel like that this is the player who's just he's this is the type of target outlet he's gonna have. Um, or at least for this year. Anthony, where are you on that side of the fence? And can we actually have a conversation about Josh Jacobs here without bringing up Miles Sanders? Well, you, you just ruined my my take, so no. Um no, really until I see it, I'm the type of guy until I see it. I'm not yeah. going to believe it. And with Josh Jacobs, we just mentioned all of the mounts to feed in Oakland, and all of a sudden you want to give more to Josh Jacobs. Where is it coming all from? The mouths to feed. What do you mean all the mouths to feed? Mike, they didn't draft these guys to 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 to, to possibly Henry put. Ruggs, they didn't. Henry Ruggs and and, and Brian Edwards, Jason Witten. They Jason oh, Witten caught eight, sixty oh, balls. The fuck? No, Mike. They didn't, all the mouths to feed. they didn't bring, they in, they didn't bring these really guys about. in uh, so Man, they could put them on the COVID list, Mike. These guys aren't going to be on the they didn't, like, Come all on. The feed. No one has said, I'll tell you this. This is why the FFA stuff is groundbreaking. No one has ever said a lot of mouths to feed when discussing the Las Vegas Raiders in 2020. But the, you, okay. You get at it. So you know what they they just dread. They brought in these two rookie receivers. They brought it just so. Come on, guys. We need bodies for the COVID list. We just need bodies. Oh my god. We need bodies. The argument. Holy crap. Okay. Okay. A lot of elves feet out there in Vegas. Look at that talent, man. Holy crap. <laughs> Look at you okay. are. All right. Work. I don't even know how to respond to that. Without- 2014 pass plays per game. Oakland. Dude, Darren Waller and D- Darren Waller and Henry Ruggs. What comes after that? We don't know. Okay. And, and I so- don't think Oakland knows either, which is why we can't just assume it's going to go to Josh Jacobs. I'm not saying all of it. I'm saying we could suggest, even with the absurd amount of talent that comes with the Brian Edwards, I think we could say that 20 to 25 more targets wouldn't be asinine. They threw the ball 513 times, did Derek Carr last year. 
right in the middle of the league. All right. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I can't buy into 25 more targets. That's a lot to Josh Jacobs. Because it's a lot of mouths to feed. I understand. Because they're not. Because these are just COVID bodies. These are just drones. Okay. I don't. Sometimes I don't even know how to respond to you on this show. Okay. Um, a lot of mouths to feed in uh, Las Vegas. Uh, sorry, that's going to stick with me for days, Anthony. All right. Let's move it on. Any other? Uh, do you want to clean up that statement or no? No. 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 Okay. No. 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 They're just COVID bodies, Mike. Okay. Okay, so COVID, COVID bodies. for Josh Jacobs getting another They're 20, COVID 20. bodies, and Josh Jacobs is going to get 250 targets. Okay. It's always extremes. Okay. Um, whatever. Uh, as long as I'm hosting the show, I'll just quickly remind you that he's going to have more carries than Miles Sanders will have total touches. Okay. But there you go. I thought you didn't want to go there. Let's head out to Denver, Anthony. Let's talk a little bit about, listen, Drew Locke who I think is kind of interesting because I think that what? around draft time, everybody was like, holy crap, Drew Locke is getting all these weapons. It's his job in Denver. There, you know, there's no one who's really going to challenge him for that job. He's, he's going to start, he's going to start week one. So Anthony, but I feel like now the fantasy community kind of cooled off a little bit on, on Drew Locke. Cause now there's also, it's, it's weird. Most fantasy folks don't realize the great expectations and that it may not come to fruition, but they're kind of of that mindset with a Drew Locke. Drew Locke, just to put it in, I mean, even if we go back as far as uh, late June, he was right around the fifth pick, fourth pick of the 11th round, Anthony. He has slid all the way down to the 13th round. He slid down two rounds. Talk to me about that. And are you a guy who, are you buying into Drew Locke or not so much? You know, maybe the drop is because of the way the offseason was. Because, yes, they brought in a lot of new personnel for Drew Locke to throw to. But they haven't really had the opportunity to practice together. I think people are also coming back down to earth, as I did a little bit. And realize, hey, we saw one big game, and I said this on the, on the last show from Drew Locke, goes over 300, couple of touchdowns against Houston secondary that was st- starting two former first-round pick cornerbacks from two of the worst secondaries in the league, and they were waived. Yeah. So Drew Locke it's- picked apart something that I probably could have picked apart. His, AD- his ADP... Um, at its best was the seventh pick of the tenth round. That was back on June eighth. So again, he has since slid down to the thirteenth round. Anthony, one quarterback leagues. Well, I think two quarterback leagues. I think that Drew Locke would be at at the top of the two quarterback leagues. You know, talking about once you get through those top quarterbacks, then there's a Drew Locke. You know, um, one quarterback league though, Drew Locke. Give me something. Are you willing to make that investment? Would you rather go with, a, you know, maybe yeah. in, a, in, a, in a one, not in a twelve team, maybe in a sixteen team. But that's Here's, the only. That's the only way I'm touching Drew Locke. 
16 team. Okay. He's currently stated right now in fantasy football calculator as the 20th quarterback off the board. Some names going near him, Anthony. I'll, I'll, I'll give you three on the front end, three on the back end. Um, Baker Mayfield, Joe Burrow, Jimmy Garoppolo. Then there's Drew Locke. Um, let me give you those three first. You tell me if you'd rather have Drew Locke over one of those guys. And, the, and then we'll go with the back end. So, again, Baker Mayfield, Joe Burrow, Jimmy Garoppolo. I will take Baker and, and, and uh, you know, Joe Camel over Drew Locke. Okay. Right. I mean, those are cigars he's smoking, but whatever. Um, so okay. So you, but you take Drew Locke over Jimmy Garoppolo. Yes. Okay. Um, the back end, which I probably wouldn't disagree with, based on the weapons that Drew Locke has, and based on the way in which San Francisco runs their offense, I'd probably tend to agree for fantasy. Jared Goff's still going behind. That's all of these guys. That's where I was getting to on the back end after Drew Locke, and I knew you were going to pounce all over that. Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill, Jared Goff. Anthony, can we argue that we probably would rather have some of the guys in the back end more than the guys in the front end? Yeah, yeah. I think you can yeah. make that case for at least one, and that's Drew Locke. Who, who's the other one? No, I'm saying we'd Gardner. rather have Jared Goff. Uh, um, and maybe Kirk Cousins. Maybe would Gardner Minshew. I shoot, man. I'm that's a close. Lock and Cousins are close, but I might want Gardner Minshew. Let's get Keith Heath Cummings on the phone. I'm starting to really buy into Gardner Minshew, who doesn't uh, even well, have an gotta, ADP on Fantasy Football Calculator right now. I will see if we can reach out to Heath Cummings to get him on the program. Now, just so you guys know, Anthony, brilliant segue that you didn't even know that you were doing. Um, I believe on Wednesday we're going to have Ben Gretsch on from CBS. So. Uh, ben is a fantastic voice there on their podcast, so uh, we'll get to talk to him. So that'll be fun. But yeah, um, Jared Goff will get to him on the NFC West. But Drew Locke, listen, he's got Cortland Sutton, he's got Jerry Judy. I mean, he's got Hamler. I mean, are we uh, so? But so we're cautiously optimistic about Drew Locke, depending on his price. How do we feel about those wide receivers, Cortland Sutton? Is that a guy that we're going to be all over headed into these leagues, Anthony? I mean, we're also talking about a PPR format. Uh, that's how we talk about a lot of our leagues. One of these days we'll do a show where we just talk about half point. i got to be honest, if Anthony wants to do a show about standard, I probably won't show up for Never. it. Um, Cortland Sutton is currently slated as the 10th pick of the fifth round. That's good for the 25th wide receiver off the board. Going just behind Keenan Allen and just in front of Stefan Diggs. I mean, Anthony... I'd rather have Cortland Sutton over Stefan Diggs, I think, although I do think it is fairly close, although I think Sutton will be more consistent than Diggs. But what says you there on that front? How do you feel about Cortland Sutton? I'm on the fence between Sutton and Diggs, and that, that those are two that I might split. But with Cortland Sutton, if Drew Locke works, just like I say about the rest of the guys in Denver, if Drew Locke works, I think they have the personnel to go punch for punch with a team like the Kansas City Chiefs, especially factoring Vic Fangio's defense. But that's a big if with Drew Locke. Cortland Sutton's a good ball player, uh, partici participated on a route 88.9% of the time, good for 11th amongst wide receivers, 11th in deep targets. I believe he was third or fourth in combined Ed zone and red zone targets last year. 
uh, you know, behind the, the Lockett and Metcalf. Uh, ninth in red zone reception. Uh, twelfth in yards per route run. So the efficiency metrics are going in the right direction. I just need to see a little bit more out of Cortland, Cortland Sutton before I can put him into that next tier of wide receivers. I, I think we could potentially, like I said it earlier in the offseason, if there are two young receivers that I can see breaking out, one of which is Kenny Galladay, I don't believe we've seen a big-time breakout from Galladay yet. And Sutton is just a little bit behind court, uh, uh, Kenny Galladay in terms of if we get this quarterback going, Cortland Sutton could be a monster. Right, but okay, so but are you willing to draft him and see if that comes to fruition on the fly on your fantasy roster, though, I'm saying? I, I, mean, I find myself getting some Cortland Sutton shares, yeah, okay. but, you know, yeah. again, look at the depth of this wide receiver class. And the, um, there is depth, but I feel like some of the names going after him, I, I feel like I'd rather have Sutton over these guys. I mean, Stefan Diggs, I'd rather have him over Diggs. I would rather have him over AJ Green. I know you're going to disagree with me. You're probably going to kill me on that. Um, then there's Marquise Brown. I think Cortland Sutton will be more, um, uh, more consistent than a Marquise Brown. I think Marquise Brown will have bigger plays. Very well, may have more touchdowns. He probably will have more touchdowns. But I think Cortland Sutton will be more consistent. And I try and look at a lot of consistency. When I'm putting together my rosters, um, so that's that. Uh, you know, best ball is a different story. Um, Anthony, what you said? Hmm. There is that. The is that in reference to AJ Green I, or? I, I would probably wait because even though AJ is going in the six, his ADP, like people uh-huh. aren't drafting him. I, I'm getting AJ Green in like the seventh in a lot of spots. So I, I, I find myself waiting on receiver in this round and then going to get AJ or. Devontae Parker, one of those I can usually get. Uh, so I find myself getting them over Cortland Sutton. But if I'm forced to draft a receiver in that fifth round, then I'm taking Sutton over Stephon Diggs most of the time. Keenan yeah. Allen most of the time. Um, not over Tyra Lockett, not over Terry McLaren, and over DJ Chark. All right, so... Let's talk a little bit about these other wide receivers here really quick. Oh, oh the, um, ones that, the ones they drafted? The, the COVID bodies? That's – see, no, that's not the same. Anthony. Oh, they're not you COVID bodies here? You, you, can't, you can't loosely use that term. So, uh, I'm sorry. I'm, you know, I'm going to make a Twitter poll and say, is it asinine to say that there's a lot of mouths to feed with the Raiders? I'll do that, and we'll see how that comes out. <sighs> what? No, no. You, you... – Go for it. I shall. Okay. I know anyway. you will. Yeah. Um, but anyway, getting back to the Denver Broncos wide receivers, I'm referencing last year in which this is kind of gross. Uh, Cortland Sutton last year had six receiving touchdowns. That's good. That's not gross. What's gross comes after that. Anthony, among one, two, three, four, five, six, among six other wide receivers, they combined for one touchdown last year. Does Jerry Judy and and Hamler do they change that, or are you not willing to buy into that? It's all again. I'm going to say it, and I'm going to keep saying it. I'm going to keep saying it. It's all on Drew Locke. It is. It, no, it, it it is a thousand percent. But I'm saying, 
Are you willing to invest on 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 a Jerry Judy? No. I, 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 no. Jerry Judy. No, no, he says. Okay, Even but though just, that's fine. Coming in, it was you know yeah. C.D. Lamb, Jerry Judy. They were kind of fighting for that one-two spot uh, of incoming prospects. I still I find maintain myself Jerry Judy taking, probably one of the better route runners. I, I find myself taking C.D. Lamb in traditional, Henry Ruggs in best ball and tournament formats, and really not doing much with Jerry Judy yet. All I'll right, invest so- him in a dynasty, not in season long. Jerry Judy right now, um, two guys in front of him, Emmanuel Sanders. Do you rather have Jerry Judy or Emmanuel Sanders? Annie. I'd rather have Jerry Judy. Ew. Um, no, I don't think ill. Well, I've been Gretsch on. We'll get, we'll get his opinion. Uh, Darius Slayton or Jerry Judy. See that one? I think I'd go Darius Slayton. I'll go Slayton there. I'm, I, I and, just can't do Judy this year. And Anthony, I didn't call him Steve. You're right. There's a victory. There's a victory. It's because his name is literally right up on the screen right now. I can't. I can't not see it. So there you go. Um, all right. So Noah Font, and then we'll move on to the Chiefs. Which again, I know we're past an hour, but the Chiefs conversation is going to be quick because no, they it's did just, not bring any wide receiver COVID bodies. So. It's an embarrassment of riches, Anthony. Let's get to Noah Font, my man. Uh, the tight end, listen, we know the Iowa tight ends are uh, raised right. George Kittle, Hawkinson, Noah Fant, I mean, or Font, depending on however you're supposed to say it. Anthony, he is, let's pull up his ADP at the moment. He's currently with the fourth pick of the 11th round. That's good for the 12th tight end off of the board. And his ADP has also kind of slipped a little bit. He was as high as the third pick in the 10th round. Now he's all the way down to the 11th. So he's about a full round. What do you think about Noah Fon here? He's another one. He's in that mid-tight end range, that back tight end one tier where I'm waiting. And it, I'm waiting because it's like I'm waiting on Jerry, Ju- uh, on Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler. I need to see Drew Locke do it. Yeah. And that's what it comes down to. Because if these other and, and there's more dynamic here, right? Because we know what Cortland Sutton is, he's most likely gonna be the one, unless Jerry Judy's just absolutely positively phenomenal. Um then you know, we have Judy, we have Hamler. So now you, you go from a, a Bronco team last year that really had uh Cortland Sutton and Noah Fant, you had two capable receivers. Melvin Gordon instantly the best receiving back on this team. So there's a lot more weapons to go around. Is Noah Fant that player who's going to be like a Janu Smith to where you might be relying on extreme efficiency to get value? Because that's what Noah Fant is. He is hyper-efficient, but will he get the volume? And will his quarterback work? Yeah, and I think obviously that is the obvious. You've said it multiple times, and and it's with good reason, though. It it, it all comes down to luck, and that's what everybody's pretty much said this offseason. So um, Fant had 66 targets last year, 40 receptions, 562 yards, and three touchdowns. So good year uh, for a rookie uh, if he can get more targets, be a little more consistent. I mean— it could be one of the better tight ends of fantasy. Anthony, 
Let's close it out with this, though. You know, I, I, I know we talk about drafting Drew Locke and so on and so forth. And, you know, do you trust him, this and that? Just bottom line, yes or no, does Jar- um, Jared Goff, does Drew Locke get it done for fantasy football expectations to help his teammates? Yes or no? Hmm. <laughs> okay. So I, I think he gets it done just enough for Cortland Sutton and one other guy. Whoever that other guy is, I don't know. But I you know, I think Cortland Sutton will be productive and I, and I think we'll get enough out of Drew Locke to where whether it's Fant or a Jerry Judy, uh we'll get another complimentary piece out of him. Yeah. But All if right, Drew listen. Locke like plays like a quarterback should with so many mm-hmm. weapons, then forget right. about it. This could be a really potent offense. It could be, yeah. We shall see. Um, all right, Anthony, let's close it out with the Chiefs. Again, we're already past an hour, but the Chiefs won't take much discussion except for, I feel like, the running back position, which we'll get to in a moment. Uh, quarterback, not much to discuss there. Just for shits and giggles, Pat Mahomes or or Lamar Jackson for fantasy. When it's all said and done, and I don't know how it looks in my rankings now, even though I just updated them. I'm probably putting Patrick Mahomes on the top. That's I'm going to expect, it. you know, a full 16 games out of Patrick Mahomes and his weapons. Um, and, and I think he will outproduce Lamar Jackson. Mm. But if there is any quarterback, I, I, you know, and you can you could probably agree with this, Dak Prescott, if there's anybody who can finish as the overall QB1, it's probably Dak. Yeah, if there was one, I'd give it to. Yeah, right. sure. I, I the 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 likelihood of it probably not right. great, but yes, I agree. It's Mahomes. It's Mahomes or bust. Yeah. Um, really quick though, I think this is something prevalent to kind of talk about here. At, at least with Pat Mahomes, we know he's going to do well, but drafting purposes, I have found myself in best ball, and I don't know what it is this year. Usually, I don't do this. Shout out to Underdog Fantasy, by the way, Anthony. They got themselves in New Jersey, so. Uh, you're going to be playing. So there you go. So shout out to uh, at Underdog Fantasy. Play some best ball there. Um, and Anthony, you can give a shout out to them if you'd like. But I have found myself going with Pat Mahomes or Lamar Jackson a lot in my best ball drafts. I don't know what it is, but whatever. You're going to have to take these guys early. Anthony, are you starting any of your redraft leagues or anything to that effect with a Pat Mahomes? Because I feel like that's the only question that you really ask that there can be a yes or no, and it could be legitimate. No, outside of like Superflex, and I've been playing a lot of Superflex this year, it seems like, yes, I'll draft quarterback early. But in, in my traditionals, I like, going my, I like going running back first. You know that. This yeah. quarterback, there's just so much depth here. All right, cool. Just wanted to get your opinion on that. Because I don't think there's any... I mean, is there anything else to discuss with Pat Mahomes? I mean... Not really, Mike. You know, it's really... I'm saying, you know, he he, he missed two games last year, got hurt against Denver on Thursday Night Football, came back. He was also, if you remember, in the preseason, he also had the ankle injury. So I think you'll get... You're going to get a better season this year than you got at Pat Mahomes last year. Uh, You know, so that's pretty much the... Can you imagine if that was a bad season? For Patrick Mahomes, I mean, I mean, compared to what he gave you in his second season, and then, 
you know, last year, what I expect from this year, yeah, I think it's going to be a bad year for him, for him, for now. For him. And yeah, scary. And God bless the Chiefs for locking them up. Um, all right, listen. Travis Kelsey, we know he's a monster. We don't need to talk about that too long. Unless there's any other points you want to give about no, Travis Kelsey. And, and you know what? Maybe one of these future shows will do a Kelsey Kittle show. Let's do it. Where, I we, think that'd where, be cool. where we pit like some of these top guys against each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. That's cool to do. But obviously, I, you know, I, I, I think George Kittle is a better overall tight end for the NFL because of his ability to block and so forth. But to me, Travis Kelsey for fantasy is the better tight end. Um, I'm in a keeper league where I have both of them because I use them as a tight end mm. and a flex, so I'm having fun with that. Anthony, what do you want to discuss here, wide receiver or running back? I say running back because we'll make ATL Mike wait a little bit longer for his uh, Edwards Hilaire. Well, what you, oh, so what do you mean? You, that was confusing. You said I was going to give you a choice, but then I took it away from you. Okay, so let's go wide receiver yeah. if we're going to make ATL wait. That's it, my man. I just figured you'd like to make him wait, too, probably. That's fine. Especially because he asked you how much you squat, because he thinks he can squat more than you. Uh, had to bring that up and on He air. couldn't out-squat me if I was did 10 sets on a leg press with, loaded with 45s on each side and pre-exhausted myself. He still couldn't out-squat me. That's right. That's what I like to hear. Tyreek Hill, to me, he's one hey, of my— next caller gets a free picture of my quads. No, I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. Well, that means we'll never get a caller ever again. <laughs> uh, so, um, Tyreek Hill right now, for me, he is ranked. He's definitely in my top five. I'm pulling that up right now. Uh, Tyreek Hill is currently ranked as my uh, he's ranked as my wide receiver three for fantasy. Anthony, Tyreek Hill, I mean, is, he's top five for you, I imagine. Absolutely. Any thoughts there? Uh, no, and that's where he should be. I believe he's in my top three as well, and that's where Tyreek Hill belongs. And remember, I was one of the guys who, before it was the cool thing to do to like Tyreek Hill, I was buying in before everybody else. One of our first seasons what? on the FF Faceoff. I give it to you. And, yeah, you are. You know, he has, he's very unique. He's not the crisp route runner. He's just going to burn you. Leave the defender in the dust or catch the ball and, and leave defender in the dust that way. That's what Tyreek Hill yeah. does. And he just so happens to have the quarterback who's going to put the ball in the right place. It's a perfect yeah. storm. Now, we have, we have, I know we have jokes for days on this podcast about Sammy Watkins, even though he burned my 49ers in the Super Bowl. So I have to tip the cap there where it's due. Don't mind me. I need a haircut. I said, tip the cap, put my hat back on. But. I feel like Sammy Watkins and Michael Harmon are best suited for best ball. Can you make a case for, to me in which they wouldn't be, in which you'd use them in some other format willingly, excitingly, and over other players? Or, or, or do you, are you with me thinking that this wide receiver position for the Kansas City Chiefs probably better suited for best ball formats? Outside of Tyreek Hill and, and Travis Kelsey, I'll – be on your end with this and yeah. say like, yeah, you know, Nicole Hardman and Sammy Watkins, Demarcus Robinson, they're probably a better fit in those tournament best ball formats. But if I am taking a shot and protecting, let's say, you know, if I'm a Tyreek Hill owner, I want to handcuff, even if I'm not a Tyreek Hill owner. And if I want a piece of this passing attack, just in case it's McCall Hardman. Because McCall Hardman profiles better to Tyreek Hill should Tyreek Hill miss time again. Or what if something happens off the field 
They drafted Nicole Hardman just in case Tyreek Hill didn't play last year because of all yep. that nonsense. So yep. Nicole Hardman is the one I want. All right, fair enough. And I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with that. I just think Sammy Watkins will give you, you know, if you draft him for best ball, you won't have to pay much, and he's going to be, you know, look at week one against the Jaguars last year. He's going to give you at least that one week where he's just absolutely off the page amazing, um, and then he'll, you know, disintegrate until the Super Bowl, and he'll kill my Niners. But whatever. I'm not bitter at all. It's fine. I'm living with it well. Um, Anthony, running back position. Let's wrap it up. Save the best for last or make ATL wait for last. Clyde Edward Talaire is the talk of the fantasy football town, at least as among the rookie savants. Um, of all the running backs, clearly got drafted into the best situation with the Kansas City Chiefs in this offense. Damian Williams, Darwin Thompson, Elijah McGuire. <laughs> can anybody can anybody kind of spoil the fantasy football party that is Clyde Edwards Hilaire. And I was joking with Elijah McGuire, even though he is on the roster. What says you, Anthony? As much as I like the opportunity and everything that Clyde Edwards Hilaire is stepping into, I do yeah. find myself drafting Damian Williams quite a few rounds later. Um, the way this offseason has gone, I don't know if CEH is just all of a sudden going to right out the gate dominate these backfield touches. There's still Damian Williams. There's a continuity there. They trust him. They trust him in big spots, as we've seen in the postseason and in December the past few years. Damian Williams is currently going with the sixth pick in the sixth round. Uh, that's good for the 31st running back in full point formats. Anthony, I'm just backing up what you're saying here. Um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is currently going with the 10th pick in the second round, 14th running back off the board. So, yeah, you don't have to pay nearly as much for Damian Williams, but, I mean, the production is more so, but when it's all said and done, it's going to be the way of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, no? You would assume so, and you have to assume so. You know, they invested a first-round pick in them. Um, they're looking for the next Kareem Hunt. Hate to phrase it that way, but that's what they're looking for. Hey, man, that first year, you know, before he was acting like a jerk, uh, you know, that that first year, yeah, he was he was legit, man. You know, could I see myself in spots drafting CEH? Yes, in leagues where I get one of the top five running backs. I have my stability. I'll come back in the second round, draft for the ceiling. But if I'm drafting my first running back, can't be CEH. There's no stability. I'm not going to sleep well at night, and neither will anybody else. ATL. Hmm. There you go. All right, Anthony, anything else to say before we ride off into the sunset today? Uh, before we go, I do want to bring up the Jamal Adams trade. Yeah, which, by the way, I'm seeing the 49ers apparently were never close to acquiring. Uh, we can't. I know we're running long. We can't go through yeah. the show without mentioning this blockbuster from over the weekend. The Jets uh, sent Jamal Adams and I believe a fourth. Or a six to Seattle. They got two first round picks, Bradley McDougald, and, and you know another pick back. It's a gigantic haul for a safety, but I can justify it. If you look at the history of Seattle's first round draft picks, the standout in the past five or so years, Rashad Penny. They don't draft well. No, they don't. You move these two firsts which recent history under Carroll and this regime, you aren't using them wisely. 
and you go get who is considered the top player at his position, a player that's going to make your defense, which was going in the wrong direction, instantly better, especially on the back end. He's going to create turnovers. He's going to create havoc, which is going to open up opportunities for Russell Wilson. Tampa Bay, Tom Brady, they're getting all the love. San Francisco coming off the Super Bowl, they're getting all the love. Dallas gets the... Seattle, instant, instantly in the conversation for a Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I, I think this helps both. I think it honestly, based on the stages of where these franchises are at, I think it's a good deal for both teams. I think it's a great haul. I think it's a great haul for the Jets. I, you know, we'll see what they do with those draft picks. And I think you make up a phenomenal point when looking at, and I haven't heard that a lot, um, but it is true when you look at the uh, the resume, so to speak, of what they do in the first round. The Seattle Seahawks, not the best drafting team in the NFL. Um, but, yeah, uh, so I, I, I think this is a great deal for both teams. I think it's even better if the Seahawks are able to find a way to lock up Jamal yeah. Adams long term. Uh, Jordan Brooks this year, we don't know. LJ Collier last year, Rashad Penny, no pick in 2017. Jermaine Ifedi, one of the biggest busts interior linemen in recent memory, 2016. And they didn't have a first from 2013 to 2015. The last pick, the last pick in the first round they hit on, 2012, Bruce Irvin, and yes, I'm calling him a hit. James Carpenter, a guard, he is what he is. Yeah, I think he he's, he's in Atlanta now, and then Earl Thomas. So they had a you know, yeah. a nice run in the early 2000s. Okung, Aaron Curry, and, but it just hasn't been happening. They were wise to move these picks for the best player at his position. All right. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So there you go. So we'll see how that works out. Either way, I think based on where their franchises no. are at, I think they're both in a great spot. And I think Joe Douglas will do great wonders with those two first-round picks. And I don't think Adam Gase will be around for them. So there you go. Now, before we wrap up, here's the last thing I'm mm-hmm. going to say about this deal. Okay. You better sign them. Otherwise, you paid two first-round picks for a one-year rental. Because Jadavian Clowney was a one-year rental. You didn't give up nearly as much, but you, you need to get him signed. Otherwise, you look like an asshole. You better win a Super Bowl or, yeah, or you'll— yeah. Not even a Super Bowl. Get Jamal Adams signed to a long-term No, I'm saying deal. if you don't sign him, you better win a Super Bowl this year is right. what I'm saying. Okay. Then you bet, then it better pay off this year. If you're only going to have him for the one year, it better pay off. So there you go. Anthony, anything else to say before we ride off into the sunset today? Yeah, absolutely. If you're listening right now on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe. Leave us a five-star rating and a five-star review. Telling everyone why you love the show and why we are the best of what we do here at the FF Faceoff. Because the more subscriptions, ratings, and reviews that we get, the more people we can help dominate their fantasy football leagues and raise their NFL IQ as a whole, including informing you at, at every team's COVID players. COVID bodies. So stupid. Okay. You make a All gift right, yeah. of COVID so, bodies. The yeah, COVID bodies. That's great, Anthony. Go ahead. You 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 stay but I think about that. <laughs> um so that's gonna do it for us, uh, folks. So we will uh catch you on Wednesday. And by the way, when we do, we will be having Ben Gretsch on from CBS. So we're very much looking forward to that. That'll be a good time. We'll have a good talk with him, I'm sure. 
But, folks, until next time, until that Wednesday, may, uh, make sure you stay thirsty. Make sure you're kind to one another. If they ask you to wear a mask, wear the freaking mask. Continue to wash your hands. We'll all get through this as long as we act like mature individuals. And uh, we'll catch you on the flip side. Cheers.